chapter 1, verse 18 is where we will begin. Last week we talked about Mary. This week we're going to talk about Joseph. Wednesday we talked about Mary's magnificent, Mary's praise to the Lord upon getting the good news that she was going to give birth to Jesus. Wednesday night, Lord willing, we'll probably talk about the shepherds as the angels come and bring them good good tidings of great joy. And then probably next Sunday, we will end up with the wise men. But today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 1. We'll start in verse 18, but let's pray and then we'll get started. Father God, we come to you today, and I thank you that we have this time to come together and to read your word, dear Lord. And and maybe for some of us, these are words that we have read hundreds of times, dear Lord. Maybe, Maybe we could even tell the story. We know the story. We understand the story. But, but dear Lord, yet your word is still good. And I pray today that your Holy Spirit, through something that we see in your word today, would speak to us to reach us where we are, to help us to know what we need to hear, dear Lord, whatever it may be, dear Lord, I don't know, but you know, you know what we need to hear, and I pray that we would be eager to listen today, that we wouldn't tune tune, tune our minds out and close our ears to a story just because perhaps we've heard it before, but that we would listen, dear Lord, to know that your word is good to speak to us if we would listen to it. I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, that you would help me to preach and teach in a way that brings glory to Jesus. God, that's what everything is about. It's about Jesus. Everything in Scripture pointed us to Jesus. Everything that we see from the time of Jesus points us back to Jesus, dear Lord. Everything that there is now today is built upon and focuses on Jesus. So let us not lose sight of that, dear Lord, as we read this passage. Let us not lose sight of that, God, as we prepare for food and presents and all the fun things that come along with this time of year. Let us remember that Jesus is what we come to celebrate both today and every day. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. So here we have kind of a similar problem. You can imagine what Joseph must have felt like. Now, last week we talked about Mary and the news that she got, that she was about to give birth to a child. And as exciting as that was going to be, she asked an obvious question. Well, I've never been with a man, so how in the world am I going to give birth to a child? And the angel explained to her that she was going to conceive by the Holy Spirit and give birth to Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And here, Joseph also gets some news that on the surface seems pretty obvious that there's something going on here. The woman that he is engaged to, the woman that he will soon marry, is pregnant. Now, Joseph knows full well that he's not the father. He understands how pregnancy works. But it says here that he was a righteous man. And it says that he did not want to disgrace Mary publicly. Now, you can imagine the disgrace that that would have been. 
The disgrace of, of finding out that there was someone out of wedlock that was about to give birth to a child. Now, maybe it's hard for us to imagine in this day and age because, well, quite frankly, it's not that big of a deal in our culture. People get pregnant out of wedlock. People abort children all the time. The idea of having a baby or being married before you have a baby is something that our world would call old-fashioned. Yet that's the way that God intends it to be, and especially in Mary's culture and Joseph's culture. For a young woman to get pregnant out of wedlock, that would have been a big deal. Of course, Joseph could have went on his way, and he could have said, look at, look at Mary, look at what she's done. Can you believe this woman has done this thing? And he could have pointed it out before everybody. And perhaps many in our culture today would. Perhaps as quick as they could get it on Facebook, they would get it on Facebook. They would air all their dirty laundry about their husband-to-be or their wife-to-be and not think twice about it. But not Joseph. It says that he was a righteous man. And he didn't want to embarrass Mary. He didn't want to cause a big scene. He's just going to quietly divorce her and not make a big deal about it. He found out his wife was wife-to-be was pregnant, and he was just going to end the engagement, or so he thought. But God had other plans as we continue on. Verse 20, but after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So here Joseph has a similar experience to what Mary had. Mary gets this amazing news, and she's not really sure what to make of it, but she hears the news, and she, she rejoices in the news, and she accepts the news. And here, as Joseph is making these plans, the angel comes to him and says, Hold up, Joseph. Don't, don't be afraid to marry Mary as your wife. Don't be afraid to take her as your wife because the child that is in her is from the Lord. It's from the Holy Spirit. And what does he say? He said, you are to name him Jesus. What a beautiful name that is. In the Bible, we need to pay attention to what names are because in the Bible, names always have a meaning. Now, most of the time when we name our children something, we probably don't even know the meaning of their name. We pick out a name that looks pretty and sounds good, and we name them. But in Scripture, we often see that people's name have a meaning. It's something profound about someone's name, that, that this person is named this, and it means that. And here the call is to name the child Jesus, which means the Lord saves isn't that a beautiful thought? Isn't that a beautiful idea? And Jesus comes from the word Joshua. Now, it's a beautiful thing to think about here when we think about the story of Jesus and we think about the story of Joshua and perhaps how it's foreshadowing what is to come in the story of Jesus. Now, in the story of Joshua, Moses had brought God's people out of slavery by the power of God, had delivered them right up to the, to the doorstep of the promised land. But it was not Moses who was going to lead the people into the promised land. It was going to be Joshua who was going to ultimately the, be the one who was going to bring God's people where he wanted them to be. And in some way, that's certainly foreshadowing the coming of Jesus Christ, even Jesus whose name comes from the name Joshua. 
You see, in the days of Jesus, when Jesus was born, there were many people who focused on Moses and the law of Moses and who was trying to seek to please God through the law of Moses and gain, gain entrance into the kingdom of God by following the law of Moses. And even today, that is the case. But where Moses was unable to lead the people into the promised land in the Old Testament, so Moses is still unable to lead people into the promised land in the New Testament. But the Old Testament speaks of someone better who came after him. And that one was Joshua, the one that God raised up to lead his people where he wanted them to be. And Joshua, the whole time, all those hundreds of years ago, is pointing us forward to the Joshua who was to come, to Jesus who was to come, the one who was ultimately going to lead God's people where God wants them to be, into his presence, into a place of rest. And the angel tells Joseph here, name the boy Jesus because he will save his people. Let's continue on. Verse 22. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now, as we begin to read through the life of Jesus and the things that Jesus did, we begin to see passages just like this that are referenced. See, all through the Old Testament, there are references that are pointing us forward to a Messiah who is to come. And throughout the Old Testament, excuse me, the New Testament, the New Testament writers are so good to point out these Old Testament verses and, and put them before us to say, hey, that passage you read about in the Old Testament Here's its fulfillment in Jesus Christ. And all things are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And here he quotes from the book of Isaiah. He quotes from a passage that speaks of a woman who is going to give birth, a virgin who will give birth to a son. And what does it say in that passage? It says, and they will name him Emmanuel. Now that's kind of confusing, right? He just said the angel did name him Jesus. And then he says, Oh yeah, and the birth of this child is going to be the fulfillment of this prophecy that says, and he will be called Emmanuel. So which one is it? Is his name Jesus or is his name Emmanuel? Well, as we just talked about, names have meanings. And the importance of the title of Emmanuel is this, is that God is with us. And what the angel is saying here is, look, his name is going to be Jesus. He will be called Jesus. But there are many titles that are ascribed to Jesus in the Old Testament that tell us who Jesus is, that show us who Jesus is. And this is one of those passages. It's a reminder to us that when we see this passage and we see that Jesus has come into the world, that it means that God is with us. That God did not just abandon us to our sin, but God met us where we were. All the way back in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned and God killed those animals and he took those skins and he covered them so that they would not feel that shame. We see from the beginning of the Bible all the way as long as we live in this world that God is with us, that God has sent Jesus Christ to us to be our sacrifice, to cover our sins. And so when Jesus came onto the scene, it was not just another man coming onto the scene. There was something unique about Jesus. He was man just as you and I are, but he was fully God in every way. And God came to dwell here. Now, 
if I could give you an option today, if I could tell you, hey, there's a planet that's a, that's a million miles away, and there's a spaceship that can get you there, and when you get there, it's going to be beautiful. There's not going to be anything to worry about, no evil, no sin, and you can go for free. If I were to give you that option today, would you choose to stay here or would you choose to go? Well, certainly we would all probably rather be in a place that was free of all the evil that we experience today. And yet there was God in heaven, away from all the present evil that we see and all the sin and all the mess that there is in this world. And God chose through Jesus Christ to come and dwell among us. Now, who would do that? A loving God would do that. That's who would do that. And so Jesus came, and he took the form of a man. He came in the form of a baby because he loved us. And he put up with all this junk. He faced it. He, he willingly came to a place where he knew he would be tempted. And yet he took on those temptations, and he overcame those temptations. And he took the beating and the mocking all the way until he was nailed to a cross, and his blood was shed for you and I. So when Jesus came and it says God is with us, that is significant for us to realize that God would love us enough to come and go through all that he went through so that you and I could receive forgiveness for sins. Verse 24, when Joseph got up from sleeping, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not know her intimately until she gave birth to a son and he named him Jesus. What a beautiful passage. What a beautiful little little nugget there. And oh, by the way, Mary acknowledged she had never been with a man. And even here we are reminded that all the way up until the birth of Jesus Christ, Mary had never been with another man, not even with Joseph. That's a firm reminder to say, hey, look, this certainly is the Son of God. This certainly is one who has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. There's no confusion here. There's no way possible that Jesus could have been born any other way than by the miraculous conception of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps in the story of Joseph, it's really not so unlike the story of Mary that we looked at last week. Here we have a man who before him is a choice, a choice that seems probably kind of strange and probably kind of odd and probably heartbreaking in a sense to find out that his wife-to-be is pregnant and then to receive such news from an angel that it is God who has, who has conceived this child and married through the Holy Spirit. How crazy of a thing that must have been to hear that an angel would appear before you and of all things he could say, oh, it's God who has helped your wife conceive this child. But what was Joseph's response? Joseph's response was just as Mary's was. Joseph did just as God had commanded through the angel. Now, we don't know much about Joseph when we look at Joseph in the story of the Bible. There are very few passages about Joseph in Scripture. We see here that he followed the Lord's commands. We see later on, as Jesus is a small boy, that he and Mary have to go back and find him in the temple complex as he gets left behind. We see another reference in the scripture that Joseph was a carpenter. And also we see that even Jesus must have followed in his footsteps that Jesus himself was a carpenter. By the time Jesus' life is done and he hangs on the cross, there is no mention of Joseph being there. So we don't know much about Joseph. 
The book that we call the Bible is not a story about Joseph. It's a story about Jesus. Yet Joseph played a part in that story. And perhaps that's the way it is for you and I today. Just as it was with Mary and just as it was with Joseph that God places us in places to carry out his will. And no, the story's not entirely about us. However, you could argue that we do play some part in it because after all, Jesus died to save us. But the story that we read in Scripture is a story about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came to be with us and who came to die for us. And even though the story is about Jesus, Jesus wants us to be part of that story. And maybe we can learn from what little bit we know about Joseph. Perhaps we need to be men and women of righteousness. That's a good place to start. How is God ever going to begin to use us if we are living in unrighteousness and sin and evil? Those are not vessels that can be used by the Lord. But once we begin to seek the Lord and His Word and we begin to trust Him and we begin to live for Him and we become, as much as we can, through the power of God and by His help, righteous in some sense, then we are vessels that can be used by God. And how in the world will God use us? Now, I realize that this message in some ways is quite similar to that that we talked about last week. But perhaps both of these examples are worth repeating twice with Mary and Joseph. That God called on them, that God desired to use them, that they were men and women of righteousness that were ready to be used by God. And when God called them, they did not question God, but they said, as you command, Lord, let it be. And maybe that needs to be you and I today. Maybe we need to be a little more like Joseph. Maybe we need to be men and women of righteousness. Maybe God is calling us as husbands to stand by a wife. As crazy it may seem to stand by a wife in such a situation, Joseph did what God called him to do. Perhaps today some of you women are like Mary. You're longing for the day that you're going to have a child and you look forward to that day and I pray that you will bring a child into this world and that when God gives you the opportunity that you welcome it, that you rejoice in the bringing of a child into this world. That's something that's not rejoiced over nearly enough in our world today. Simple things that are so beautiful that Mary said, Yes, Lord, I will give birth to this child. And Joseph said, Yes, Lord, I will raise this child, even though it was not a child of his blood. Yet God still saw fit to put Joseph into this child's life. And what impact Joseph had on the life of Jesus, we will never know. The scripture doesn't say but I don't believe that God put Joseph in Jesus' life for no purpose. He put him there for a purpose. And we need to know today that if you're a father, if you're a mother, if you're a father or a mother in the future, that one day God may put a child into your life. And it's going to be your job to raise that child and take care of that child. Because even though Jesus was the Son of God and God with us, he still had to be provided for. He still had to be taken care of. He still had to have someone that would give him security and that would give him food and that would provide for him. And that was the job of Mary and Joseph. And what a beautiful job it was that God gave to them to bring life into this world, to raise this child up in a way that he needed to go. 
to be role models to him, at least on some level. Now, certainly he was the son of God and he knew the will of God, but Mary and Joseph certainly played some role in his life. And so it is for you and I. We play some role in the lives of those that we encounter. And what do we do when God puts opportunities before us? Whether it's giving birth to a child or whether it's serving in some other way. When God speaks to us, when God leads us, when God calls us, are we like Mary and are we like Joseph? That we hear the command of God and we say, yes, Lord, I will do it. Or do we hear the commands of God and we kind of shirk our responsibilities and our calling that God puts before us today? What a beautiful story this is that shows the joy and the love that comes from doing what God calls us to do. We won't give birth to the Savior of the world today as men and women, but we can serve the Savior of the world today. We can serve Jesus in all that we do, in the way that we treat other people, in the way that we give. There's a variety of ways that God may want to use us today to help build his kingdom, a kingdom that was established by Jesus Christ. But when God calls us, it's up to us to say, yes, Lord, I'm ready to go. Mary was ready to go when she was <clears throat> called on last week. And here we see in this passage that Joseph, too, was ready to serve the Lord. The question we must answer today is, are we ready to serve the Lord and put our faith in this child that God blessed them with and that they raised up into a man? Let's pray. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for your good word. And I pray, dear Lord, that you would help us to follow these examples of, of Mary and of Joseph, dear Lord. We, we may not know much about them, we don't know much about Mary. We don't know much about Joseph. But, dear Lord, we know what we need to know, and that is that they were obedient to you, and maybe that's all we need to know, dear Lord, is that they were faithful to do what you called them to do. And, dear Lord, I don't know everybody's story in here. We don't know each other's story. But, but dear Lord, may it be that we are all known in such a way that even if no one knows all of our history and all of our stories, that they can tell by our life, dear Lord, that we are obedient to you. So let us be found faithful, God. Maybe there are some that you have been working on their heart, dear Lord, today. Maybe you've been, been calling them to something, dear Lord. Maybe it seems crazy and absurd, just like these words that were spoken to Mary and Joseph were. But dear Lord, if you call us to it, let us not be afraid, but let us stand firm, dear Lord, and trust in you. God, I pray that if there is one in this room that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior today, that they would. God, I pray that they would confess their sins, that they would repent, dear Lord. That's what your word calls us to. To acknowledge the Savior that you sent in Jesus Christ. To know that there is salvation in no other. There is forgiveness of sin in no other, dear Lord. And that you cared enough about them today, God, to, to come into this world. For Jesus to come and give his life on the cross, God. I pray that if there is one that does not know that, that has not put their faith in Jesus today, they would. Dear Lord, maybe there's some here today and they are yours. But maybe there are opportunities to serve. And maybe if there are things that you have called them to that don't make sense or that seem scary, God, I pray that you would help them today to hear the words that the angel spoke. And that is, God, we don't have anything to be afraid of when you have called us to do your work. So let us be found faithful and obedient to do your will, dear Lord, just as Mary and Joseph was. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.